Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 98 of the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Cracker and I am going to be your host this evening and I have my good mate Shorty on the line. How are you doing? I'm good mate. How are you? Very well, very well. Shorty is busy caught up with real world things so it is you and I doing it alone tonight but that's okay. We have done it before and got by plenty fine. I'm sure we'll be okay. Absolutely. We prefer it if Shorty was here, of course. We do. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we will fumble ahead without him uh he works in construction and construction had uh, a couple of weeks off had a bit of a holiday and that means that uh there's two weeks work to catch up on so he is busy busy at the moment so shout out to shorty build those houses mate yes indeed all right so before we get into that we don't we don't have lots of topics tonight we've just got kind of one big one the one the one big topic which we're gonna we're gonna run through which is just about worlds which is coming up this weekend but before we do that, we need to have a chat about our wonderful sponsors. Would you mind doing the honours, mate? I It would be my honour to, to do that because uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar are amazing. They take amazing care of us and they run an amazing Facebook auction site for real-life magic cards. They have nightly auctions, premium auctions on the weekends, and their full-time auctioneer means that you get the best communication, the best packaging, and the promptest shipping from anyone on the internet that certainly I've dealt with. So in my opinion, they are the best uh, place to buy your physical magic cuts. And when you do pick up a bargain, please tell them that the beans sent you because they, they look after us. They sponsor our podcast as well as our tournament series, which is uh, absolutely incredible by them. So shout out to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll take you straight to their auction page and you can get bidding. Love it. So, mate, I saw you. Uh, you had a couple of deliveries from from Josh this week, from Josh and Pat's, rather. Yeah, I did. I uh, got some uh, got some cards for Cube. I got a Caldra Complete and a uh, Tireless Tracker, as well as some sweet, not the threat tokens, which uh, are always <laughs> welcome. So, uh, I've got a few of those now, which are pretty good. So, they might just find their way into any sort of prize packs that I send out as well. Cause I've got a few, I've got a few and you can only tell people that you're not the, the threat so often before they start thinking that you probably are the threat as Hemsy <laughs> found out when he played yep. against us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I might slip those in with, um, you know, boosters that we give one stream and things like that. Cause that's uh, pretty cool. They've got the Josh and Pat's and the beans logo. I, you know, I was tidying my desk a little today and you know, there was one under my monitor stand and it's like, Oh, that's our logo on the thing. Like it's pretty yeah, it's cool. So very cool. Very yeah. cool. And if you want to, uh, you want to get your own token. So Hemsey uh, helped design this token as part of winning our uh, invitational last year. And talk mm-hmm. about that, that a bit. I'm sure at some point. But yeah, we're getting close to that time again, which means that you know people are starting to think about what they want their tokens to look like and to get those creative juices flowing. Josh and Pat's are actually about to kick off a designer token competition over on their Facebook page. Oh, cool. Yeah, they, yeah. they do those, what, every six or 12 months or something like that where you get to submit your designs and then they will choose a winner or two and then print them up and, and put them out, which is very, very cool. Love the the way they get the community involved in, in helping do that. And yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all upside to, uh, to go and, you know, hit like on their uh, Facebook page. You mm-hmm. get to pick up some cheap cards. You get, you know, they gave away a, a bunch of... Uh, Midnight Hunt boxes this week, and yeah, there's uh, there's absolutely no downside to uh, to heading over and giving them a like. So if I were trying to play the percentage points, I think that if I couldn't, if I had any sort of like artistic ability whatsoever, mm. I'd I'd be drawing up me some cat tokens. Uh, I, I, I reckon yeah. that might be a pick at the moment for, for one that we probably don't have many variants of. Like, there's a lot of angel tokens and goblin tokens and zombies yeah, a, and all that sort of a stuff. A cat token but, trying to work in some kind of, like, chariot thing, right? Yeah. 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 Or, or just Absolutely. driving a car. I, th- I think I would I would have, like, a cat just fat arming it in, like, a low rider or something like that with a, a big yeah. pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Or, or a cat in, like, a uh, think the 90s Batman movies with, with uh, oh, yeah, Michelle yeah, yeah, Pfeiffer okay. as, as Catwoman. In oh, the, that's a good one. In the Catmobile. The Catmobile. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, like, I'm going to enter. Go. I'm going to enter. I'm, I'm, right. I'm inspired if, now. 
if if you decide to take one of those ideas and you win, you have to send a seizure token. All right, that's that's yeah. All we ju- I just want to just send me a token. That's it. Yeah, just actually, we need two. <laughs> just two, two each. Three? So, yeah, no, so, no. So I'm that not going to copy you cast a seeker's chariot. No, no, no. I'm going to copy a tree folk, not a yeah. not a cat token. Or no, that no, would no. be the other thing that oh, I think you'd probably be doing pretty well on it. A star star tree folk token yeah, is probably I, another I, pretty. I, good I think hit. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I I expect that we're going to see a bunch of those tokens coming up on this weekend. I hope so. So, as I said at the start of the show, we've got worlds coming up this year. So this is actually pretty cool. Like. We've been off organized play for the last little while, along with everyone, including well, Wizards of the Coast. Organized play has been off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, yeah. as in the, the switch has been flipped. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The lights have been dark, but um, Worlds is still one of those events that gets me. Like, mm. I am I am legitimately very excited to watch this because this is 16 of the very best players from the last year, right? And... There's going to be some really high-level magic played, and they usually do an excellent job of casting it, you know, and presenting it. Everything is done at, at the very highest level, and when Watsy kind of throw the kitchen sink at a thing, they can actually do a very, very good job of it. And we've seen that in the past. We saw it at, like, the Mythic Invitationals and Worlds last year and all that sort of stuff. So I'm actually really looking forward to to trying to catch as much of this coverage as I can. Um, it obviously lacks a bit because they're not... It's it's not the same <laughs> as, as like past years where it's like everyone, are they all in the same location? I don't think they are, are they? No, it's all going to be virtual. So the, all of these players are from around the world, you know, yeah. Asia, the US, uh, Europe, South America, South America. So with, you know, the travel restrictions and such that yeah. are happening at the moment, it, it'll all be on, on arena run through, well, melee <laughs> as we know, and we'll get to that, but so it won't be quite, the same, you know, we saw the, there's a couple of iconic moments from Worlds where, you know, Javier Dominguez wins and gets emotional or when uh, the Mythic Invitational where Mengu is, you know, holding up the trophy with all of the fireworks, you know, it'll be yeah, people, yeah. people in their bedroom. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit disappointing, but we're kind of used to that now as far as coverage goes. So We are, we are, but I mean, it's, it's still just kind of it. And this is obviously not like Wizard's fault by any means. It's just, you know nature of the beast mm. but i mean it's just like all right and here we have you know paulo vito domino rosa playing against seth manfield who have both automatically got fifty thousand dollars for just sitting down <laughs> like they wake up on the weekend and they're fifty thousand dollars richer so yeah no matter what happens right like it's- like that's a pretty good uh ev event but yeah i don't know anyway re- regardless of, of kind of how it's coming about and what we we can expect to see it it will be a good show and i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah yeah i as, as you said, when, when Wizards try, um, their coverage is, is right up there. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to, to that. And, you know, beyond the, the, the coverage um, quality and we know they'll have good commentary and, and such, but the, uh, the, the magic play, like the actual best players in the world facing Yeah, off, it's totally yeah. elite. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I like to play my own little mini game. When I'm when I'm watching these games, you know, you you almost you know you're always trying to find a way to get better at magic, right? And you're watching them play, and you go, oh, I reckon this is the line I would take. And then when they make the same line that you would take, you know, you give yourself a little pat on the back, and that's good. But what's really interesting is when they do something different, and you're like, hang on, why did they do that? And then you find out like seven turns later that that was the right choice and you're like oh that's why they're here and i'm not right I, okay right yeah yeah so, correct we're both still playing magic in our bedrooms on arena but it's mm. just a, a slightly different <laughs> slightly different thing they're on another plane man yeah absolutely so uh but i enjoy that because i learn a lot uh from from watching that that high level play and mm-hmm. just i mean saying that now and thinking about it that's probably something that uh you know, one of the reasons I, I miss that organized play experience because, you know, just one of the reasons I enjoy watching that magic coverage is just, you know, magic is such a hard game. It's like like sports fans, right? Like I can go down the local park and kick a footy around, right? But I can't do the things that, you know, uh, elite football players do, right? So I'm not going to watch, you know, someone like me kick a footy around, some 40-year-old dude who you know, it's going to do a hammy just thinking about it. Like, that's not interesting. But watching, you know, Marcus Bontempelli and Kristen 
Petrarca run around and 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 do things like that. It, that's that's what you want, right? Because you they're better than us, right? It's a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I miss organized play, so I'm looking forward. To yeah, it. yeah, yeah, me too. So, as you mentioned, we know that part of this is being run on melee because we might as well just you know talk about this straight away. Their deck lists were leaked. Oops. Like, uh, yeah, early, like yesterday. And they are supposed to have only come out like an hour or so before the actual like go live of the event, which is not the first time and won't be the last time that wizards have inadvertently or accidentally or somewhat foolishly leaked deck lists. The ones that I think of were the the one from a couple of years ago with um, Channel Fireball and the Blue Green Khan list. It got like a coverage highlight done like days before the event. <laughs> That's right. And and it was like secret tech. And and as soon as people knew what they were doing, the deck just was hot garbage. And I mean, it may have been hot garbage anyway, but there was no surprise factor. So I think there's a little bit of that with this, a little bit. Uh, potentially. The, so the let's, let's talk about the, cons- the Grixis. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the Grixis epiphany. So let's talk about the consequences of that, right? So do we know how... Were, were the decks being released to the public at the 11th hour and the competitors or were they going yeah. to get each other's No, deck that's list? my understanding is it's like yeah. open deck lists, but only that it's not like the Envy we run where we give people, you know, deck lists two days beforehand or whatever. They they don't want people to have a lot of time to prepare. I saw um, Matt Sperling tweet about this and he's, he's one of the competitors and he was like, well, I was going to practice limited for the next three days, but now I should probably just practice my matchups. Yeah. that I know I have coming as well as maybe like do some drafts and things. And it's like he was spewing because, you know, it was, it, it just made everything much more difficult for him because, you know, he, I think he is playing the Grixis list, isn't he? Uh, Spilling is, yeah. So yeah. the way that the big thing I see here as a, as a consequence of, of this mistake is that instead of seeing the, the 16 best, best players in the world have to think on their feet, and and ha- create that tension and that excitement because there'll be open deck lists, obviously. Um, but you know, not knowing essentially how to play against you know something that might be new tech, they've now got teams of people to help them, and mm-hmm. and and so it's not just Sperling, who's you know one of the best players in the world this year, obviously a great magic brain. It's not just him working it out. He's going to have so many other people that are yeah, absolutely. You know, on on his level all all of those brains going in so it it has kind of taken a little bit of the the uh the excitement and tension away uh, unfortunately but what it does do it, you know always look for an upside is it'll now create that you know oh they're going to board this in or this is going to be their side bit board plan against us so you can have that that counterplay um and also, and the most important thing is we've now got the deck list and we can talk about we it do, on our We podcast. do have the deck list. Yeah, that's true. We don't have to. We, I tell you what, though. I reckon if we were speculating, I would have speculated these numbers differently. Some of. So let's, let's, some of. So let's, what's let's the metagame? Yeah, so we're seeing six is it turns, four Grixis Epiphany, two Mono Green, one Gruel Treasures. Mm-hmm. One mono white aggro and one blue white tempo. So, if you told me that eleven of the sixteen decks were going to run Auron's Epiphany, mm-hmm. I, I would say, "Oh yeah, that means there's five mono green decks." Okay, yeah, uh, that's, that's what so, I would have thought too. Yeah, so if that's what you you know at the at the beginning of this week or or a week ago, um, so from that perspective, I I think it's as expected. But some of the, some of the, the, there's a couple of surprises, like the, the Grixis deck, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe thinking that there would be more copies of mono green. Definitely. So they've sacrificed some of the, the power of just running straight. Is it to splash a third color and to play more interaction? And look, Duress does a little bit against the, is it deck or, or the mirror, but not a, a great deal, but you know, the, the black removal against the, the the creature decks is definitely something that you know would draw these players to to Grixis, but yeah, there's only what uh, two 
yeah, two mono green decks, a gruel mm-hmm. deck, uh, and and a like you could probably say that they're probably going to be okay against a mono white deck as well. The blue yeah. white tempo deck, um, it just the blue depends. white tempo deck's pretty pretty beat down actually. It's it's pretty aggressive. Should we talk about that one first then? Sure, why not? Uh, you know, we can talk about is it epiphany? It's kind of a, a known um, uh, a known quantity, if you like. So Yoshi uh, Yoshihiko Ikawa. No, no. Noriyuki Mori. Mono white is playing. Is oh, playing blue as white. Sorry. Tempo. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I looked. I was looking at the mono white deck. Yes. No, no, that's all right. So yeah, Mori, yeah Noriyuko yes. Mori is playing um, blue white tempo, as it's called, and they are playing aspirants, spellbinders, a couple of malevolent hermits, uh, three copies of Redain, Brutal Cathar, a couple of Legion Angels, Loyal War- Warhound, Spectral Adversary, Intrepid Adversary, and a fun of Epiphany. Yeah, and another and then, Epiphany in the board as well. Yeah. So, and then they've got some Fading Hopes, Disruptions, Fateful Absence, Concerted Defense, which... In case you don't know what that one is, because I didn't until recently, it's a single blue matter for an instant. It says counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays one plus an additional one for each creature in your party. So right. they've you've got clerics and wizards and soldiers. I don't know if soldier counts, but you've got uh, clerics no, and wizards. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as, as a couple of things. So it's kind of like a four spike, but maybe you can make it into like a two-mana kind of um, counterspell. Which, yeah, I mean, that's not bad. And, yeah, I mean, the Aspirants and Spellbinders, main deck Malevolent Hermit. I think the three copies of Redain are actually enormous in this this meta. They're only good against three decks. Non-creature spells your opponents cast with converted mana cost four or greater, cost two more to cast. Yeah, but it just dies to everything that the bread deck does. Like all their interaction costs two mana and deals three. It's a uh, makes them. You got to make them have it, right? Like sure. It's it's the dice to removal argument, but yeah, no, that's 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 true. That's true. I think yeah. I think that they this deck was hoping for more mono green as well. I, I think they all were, but like sure. ten of the sixteen decks are, are playing seven mana spells, right? Well, sorry, mm-hmm. eleven of including this deck, but um, you know the there are ten hard. Alrond's Epiphany decks here. Mm-hmm. So, Redain, you know, might... And look, this is called Azurius Tempo. It is. Redain it is. And look, that might conjunction with Spellbinder one. and things will, yeah. will, you know... Absolutely. It's it's that hate bears thing, and, and it's, that's brought a uh, a lot of uh, success in, in a lot of, you know, particularly older formats. So, uh, it's it, it just makes them have it. It's a mm-hmm. good piece of disruption on, on a body, and it's a... You know, it's not it's not the worst. So I I like it. Uh, is this deck you know on sheer power level close to some of the other decks here? No, but they bring that you know combination of clock and disruption. They're playing that that fish game, if you like. You know, there's um you know some removal spells. Uh, there's a light counter suite. There's a legitimate beatdown clock. And you know, in the in the sideboard, they've got uh, some some more malevolent hermits and and things like that. So they can definitely just buy enough turns to deal twenty damage against those decks. Absolutely. So I I don't hate this deck in a ten Alrond's Epiphany. If it was just mono green and is it Epiphany, I would say this is an amazing choice. The black removal in the Grixis lists make me you know a bit nervous for for mr mori here so yeah mm. that's definitely my that's my take this deck a metagame call definitely uh yeah look and you, you don't be bring this dependent. unless you feel like you've got a positive matchup against the two you know bogeys of the format right so mm. i i haven't seen this in play i i don't know whether it's you know i don't know how to play out obviously but it's it's interesting for sure yeah it's, it's a it's one to watch it's definitely one to watch so. I imagine we'll get to see it on stream at some point because it's different. <laughs> They're not going to want to have just is it mirrors all day. <sighs> yeah, and that that's a risk, right? That's a risk. It, so it is definitely a risk. So I mean, should we talk about the is it decks just because you sure. know perhaps not everybody has been you know paying huge amounts of attention. So uh, I'm I'm sure if you've played a game a single game on ladder or or 
consumed any content over the last week or so, you would know about this. But uh, And look, I've been playing it. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I think we spoke about it recently, you and I. I can't remember. Did we talk we did. about it on on the cast or did we talk about it just in general conversation where I was saying I was enjoying... I was enjoying playing the the combo solve a puzzle before you die element of this deck, and I'm not adverse to just playing a um, a straight control deck. You know, I, I I like counter spells as much as the next person does. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we've got a couple of different. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they're all pretty the same actually. Like, there's not you know the, the do you play burn down the house or not is definitely a um, a choice. I, I think the big difference is whether you're playing eggs in the main or not. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the 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 choice. So uh so Sifka is a you know on the on Magic GD it's a first list. So let's let's look at that. So mm-hmm. uh two smashing, four epiphany, three burn down the house, uh which is it costs five and uh does five damage to each creature in each planeswalker or you could create a 1-1 devil creature. Uh, sorry, create three 1-1s, uh, and when they die, uh, they deal one damage to any target. They gain haste. Uh, three expressive iteration. Four divide by zero, uh, which is supplemented by teaching of the archaics, mascot exhibition, and a uh, environmental sciences in the sideboard. A couple of demon bolt, sparkfield hazard, wiry disruption. So heaps of lance, which is great. Four copies of Galvanic Iteration, which is the uh, Flashback Fork. Four Unexpected Windfall. Two Main Deck Test of Talents, which is, I think, a really good call. And three Fading Hope to bounce stuff. And then uh, 23 Lance, but with two Smashing, uh, one Spikefield Hazard, and four Wiry Disruption. So... That's 27 land total. So what you'd expect from a modern control deck, but also just getting straight value from the modal double face cards. Three smoldering in the sideboard, a couple of hermits, uh, the lessons that we spoke about, another spikefield hazard, a test of talents, three burning hands, and two copies of goldspan dragon in the sideboard as sort of alternate win conditions or ways to just you know, make a bunch of treasures so you can cast your big spells ahead of curve because you want to cast, you you want to get to eight mana, uh, 10 mana probably because you want to have a, uh, uh, some sort of counter spell or 11 if you want to divide by zero after you um, play your spells. What's interesting here is the, the unexpected windfall over the, uh, the unexpected windfall over the what's the four mana memory and deluge? Yeah, yeah. So very interesting um, sort of choices here. So four windfall, two deluge. So hmm. I'm interested to see. You know, I'd love to you know talk to these these players. It's just deluge seems the default. It's got flashback. Uh, lets you go longer. All the rest of it, but you know the 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 mana advantage of the the treasure tokens is. Uh, it's interesting over the, you know, the card draw and selection of, of the deluge. So you, you're, you're not digging as deep. You're not digging twice, and you're not getting selection. But you're getting, and you have to discard. It effectively costs you two though. If you and look yeah, at it that way. and that's the thing. Like that, so, all of those things that deluge does over windfall, but it doesn't generate mana, right? So, yeah, that's very interesting. So, interested to see how that plays out honestly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is like the consensus number one deck, I think. Ma- maybe it's tricky because like, if you look at some of the results recently from last weekend, um, Mono Green kind of crushed all the standard tournaments on um, Magic Online. And it's hard to know whether that was just because people didn't bring, is it? Because they expected a bunch of Mono Green and they thought that that had like a really positive matchup or whether it just crushed is it i don't know i think in a vacuum is it is probably a stronger deck uh the the fact that you can you know do that pretty sick trick of casting a galvanic iteration and then casting a Auron's epiphany and getting two extra turns and four birds is yeah it's pretty like you've said before 
it's not uncommon for you to go from nothing to never giving your opponent another turn and you just winning the game. Yeah, I, I played a this I played a bit of this deck on stream this week and mm-hmm. I played against uh Q-Ball in, in Group Chewy in our league and um Q-Ball was playing a, a really honest uh Sedgemo Witch gr- green black sacrifice deck that was you know trying to win with you know Sedgemo Witches and, and creature beat down and just value like um seemed really well set up against like other creature decks, right? But I was just, you know, I'll divide by zero your thing. I will, uh, I'll bounce your your thing and and scry one, and then I'll cast my um, my sweeper, and and just all the while, just you know, drawing cards and playing lands, and then it's like, okay, now I'm going to take all the turns and yeah, you, know. you just get so long to sculpt your hand to do to do whatever you want. You have so many so many tools. It's um. It's yeah, definitely very, very powerful. Absolutely. But in my experience playing this on ladder, mono green is definitely fast enough, powerful enough, resilient enough, draws enough cards mm-hmm. to to just get under you before you can do what you need to do. You you have to draw when you play against mono green with the is it deck, you absolutely have to draw the right half of your deck. So Sure. Yeah. So I think what a lot of players here, Gabe Nassif, Eli Cassis and, and some others uh have done is mitigate that by adding a third color so yeah yeah so talk us through the grixis deck i know you love grixis you're you're a fan i do it is definitely one of my favorite things so i guess the main there's a couple of big pickups so they're they're mostly playing leah disciple of the drowned which is three blue blue for a three four and it says spells can't be counted each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback the flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost, which is pretty cool. And so as a result, you see them playing uh, a lot less counter spells because it's not just your spells can't be counted, it's spells can't be counted. So they're playing this instead of, well, in the main, instead of Malevolent Hermit, which is actually in the sideboard. So I don't quite know when they come in or don't come in or how that works when, you know, you've got a creature that you know, is a counter spell on a body. But anyway, and then they're doing a lot of the similar things. So they're playing, I mean, it is an epiphany deck as well, obviously. So they're playing the full suite of epiphanies. They're also playing a couple of um, galvanic iterations. They're not going quite as hard on that. And then, like you said, they've got like a couple of copies of Duress. They've got Blood Chief's Thirst. And then they've got some Power Word Kills. And the other big difference is they play copies of the Celestis. And, you know, I don't need to read that because everyone knows what the Celestis is, right? Uh... <laughs> the Celestis is a, a three-mana artifact. It's a legendary artifact. It becomes day when the Celestis enters the battlefield if it's not night and day already. Uh, it's a mana rock, so it adds one mana of any color. And then there's tap three. If it's night, it becomes day. Otherwise, it becomes night. Activate only as a sorcery. Whenever night, Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain a life... You may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. What? So, what, yeah, what, are they a, do, what are they doing with this? Is this just a way just to va- just loot just and value, just get value and yeah. uh, like fuel up your leers? Yeah, exactly. So you've got that discard outlet, which means that the, the thing with flashback is that there's always a higher mana cost on a traditional flashback spell, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like Galvatic Iteration normally costs you blue-red, but to flashback it costs one blue-red. Well, if you discard it to your Celestis and then you've got a Leer in play, then it's going to cost you blue-red. So I guess they're just looking to, to gain some value. It's, I was actually watching, as I was eating dinner tonight, I was watching Minguchi play a version of this, like one of these lists. And he was playing against Izzet and he cast his Celestis and he's like, oh, this is, you know, great. I've resolved it. And then they just cast their Prismari command and he's like, oh, Mm-hmm. Oh, all I've done is made like a bad card in their deck exceptionally good against me. So they get to like destroy your three mana artifact and make a treasure token or like destroy the artifact and, and loot. So he's like, this is just bad. It, it actually seems like this, the Grixis deck, like you said, is really trying to prey on the mono green deck. And I think that the, the guys who brought this were really expecting that there would be a lot more mono green running around rather than the epiphany decks which we're seeing because like two copies of duress i mean unless you have it on turn one you don't get the opportunity to snag the epiphany that's right right. yeah 
So like that that's that's one of people's main issues, I think, with Epiphany is the fact that you can foretell it for two and you probably should most of the time on turn two, right? So it's it's just one of those things where you've got such narrow windows to try and interact with it. And because then you're playing Leah, you don't have counter magic to counter <laughs> your opponent's epiphanies. Now, obviously, they can't do it to you either, but it's um, it doesn't seem like it's well suited for the is it matchup. I, I don't know. No, Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I you know in in theory, having black discard combined with blue counter spells and you know being able to flash them back, that all sounds. Good, if you just think of it like that. But when you actually mm-hmm. look at what the options are in standard to to actually apply that to a deck, I'm I'm not enjoying that at all here. Like I I'm I'm looking at a deck that beats uh maybe four decks in the in the format mm-hmm. here in the in the meta, but loses to the most represented deck. So, yeah. uh, particularly in game one. Now, now in game two. Uh, you can you can add another duress and you can add some go blanks, which are a three mana sorcery. Yeah, and your hermit, which and is you've like bought out the your list, right? Yeah, so- yeah. There's there's definitely ways of of getting a lot of percentage points back. And I'm not saying it's like you are stone dead in the matchup because that's just I mean that's not true of Magic ever. I mean they're playing egg and things, so there's definitely ways that you can win. But uh, I don't think that the the people who brought this are going to be particularly happy to see you know Epiphany overrepresented. No, no, I, I think they were definitely, you know, making that metagame call of this just going to be bulk forests and old growth trolls and, and, and all of those friends getting around. And, mm-hmm. you know, that deck is pretty underrepresented, I, I think, here. So, and, you know, just like mopey cards like the Celestis, maybe good in the mirror because it's a mana rock and, and, and a bit of card selection. Uh, but outside of yep, that. They're, they're, they're playing Prismari Command as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yes, yeah. no, I I agree. It look, it definitely has a place. And look, you know, in if you have an engine that goes unanswered that lets you draw cards and sculpt your hand, you will win games. Sure, right? Yeah, like that. That is just the truth of the thing. And it's also a mana rock, which there's actually not many of that are even remotely playable at the moment in standard. Like no. they they tend not to to do those kinds of things. So, like if it goes unanswered, then it's definitely going to be a really powerful tool. Is and it going to be good enough? Because I, I feel like the, the, and the one thing that we haven't really spoken about here is mana. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say the, that because like a mana rock that, that taps for, it fixes your mana in a three color deck uh, in this format. Like the mm-hmm. mana's, the mana's not as bad as it has been in some standards from, you know, days gone by, but it, mm-hmm. we don't have triomes. Uh, we we do not. We don't have, uh, Ravnica jewels. We don't have, you know, it's 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 the worst it's been for a little while. Yeah. Um, like the pathways are good, but you know you've got to make a decision and you suck with it. And I think that's the real sticking point for me is you go, all right, turn one, I want to play a blight step pathway, right? And you play it on black because you want to duress or hold up blood cheese thirst or mm-hmm. power word kill or something like that, and then. On turn three, you can't cast your um, iteration, your expressive iteration, because you don't have blue-red. And you don't want to play a land before you play your iteration, because then you're missing out on your value of, you know, exiling yeah. a land and so you're, casting it, you're, playing you're, it for free. you're losing the velocity. So, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I, I won't be surprised if we see someone lose a game or more, like a match, because they just don't have the mana base underneath them that they need. Um, yeah, anyway. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that either, and, and that's definitely something that uh, uh, would would have been a consideration, and probably the tipping point on do or do we not play this three mana legendary artifact. So, mm. but look, I will say just before we move on off the solicitors, yeah, yeah. I I did defend things with uh, in in the previous list of saying it, the, the dice removal argument. You know, there's not that many. Prismari commands running around. No, there's not. So there's not. you know, like I, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it was it's just good. it was one of those things where I just watched Mengu get absolutely blown out by it. And, and yeah, it, we, it's, we it's just that, like that's yeah. a thing that's going to happen, right? Yeah, like, and, and and the thing that can happen, and, and I guess you know, whenever you put any 
absolutely any cut in your deck. Of course. You, you have to go. So, like, Expressive Iteration is, is a good example here, right? It's a really, really good magic card. It's a two-for-one. It's, it's selection. But it doesn't impact the board, right? And it's a sorcery. So, as good as the card is, there are negatives. Now, Expressive Iteration, the positives far eclipse the negatives, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celestis is definitely... That, that range is a lot closer, right? Mm. So it, it's a, uh, you know, is it actually worth it uh, to, to play that card? I guess we'll find out on the weekend. So uh, we've talked about mono green uh, a little bit. Uh, and I, th- I think, you know, like a lot of these decks, a lot of people will know what's up when it comes to, to mono green. But uh, there's... There's actually three players. I was just looking through the list. We we had, I think we might have mentioned there's only two, but there's actually three players on Mono Green. So we've got Paulo Vida Dominarosa, Seth Manfield, and also Sam Pardee is on Mono Green. Okay. That's a pretty... Uh, a pretty That's a glowing recommendation. Absolutely. PV said this is the first time he's ever registered Mono Green for a tournament in his life. <laughs> because like someone found a quote from him as to like from like 2012, I think it was. And they're like, why don't you play mono green aggro? He's like, because it's mono, it's green, and it's aggro. <laughs> like, that was that was his answers as to why he wasn't playing the deck. He, he did top eight a pro tour with Boros aggro one time with, like, that's, Savannah that's Lions. But, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like you said, glowing recommendation. So, we've got the incumbent world champion, mm-hmm. a recent world champion in Manfield, mm-hmm. and a pro tour slash mythic invitational winner in... Sam Party. Yeah. Uh, so Two of those guys are in the Hall of Fame as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, just, just casually. I, I personally think that PV is the best player ever. But uh, If PV isn't in your conversation for best player in the world, if he's not in your top two or top three, I'm sorry, you're just wrong. Um, whether he's the best player ever, uh, it, it's a bit like the LeBron MJ thing. There'll always be division there. Uh, yeah, different course. times with Finkel and, and, and all the rest of it. But uh, absolutely, he's up there. And um, if you disagree with that, then go and play Yu-Gi-Oh or something. So, um, <laughs> My boys would like to play Pokemon with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so talk us through Mono Green. What, what, what am I playing? I've, I'm imagining I've got a whole bunch of forests, snow-covered mm. ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, lots. 19 of them. Okay. So I'm looking at PV's list here. And here's one of the cards that I haven't seen before. And I don't know whether this is an innovation or I've just been sleeping. Sculptor of Winter. Yeah, it's a recent thing. Uh, I look at least I've seen on ladder. Okay. Uh, just because acceleration. Turn, yeah. turn, no, I turn, get it. Turn yeah. three Cadillac. Turn three. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just yeah, it, it's amazing. And you're already playing the snow things, and I think it is the best two mana creature accelerant. Like there's, it's better than Florahedron. Well. It's 2-2. It, two, two. So, sorry, maybe I should just say it's a 2-mana 2-2, two, two, one and a green, uh, and it's uh, Elf Rogue, and it says tap, untap, target Snowland. So, so it's kind of like a Arbor Elf. Yeah, yeah. So Tangled Florahedron uh, dies to the... the Spikefoot the, Hazard. Spikefoot Hazard, but... Yeah, it's true. Old Growth Troll mm-hmm. uh, says that, you know, when it dies, uh, the land taps for 2-mana. So in those situations, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, no, that's you fair. can that's you fair. can get a, a so it's it's it, it's tangled florahedron with extra power, so mm-hmm. upside without the ability to play it as a land. But yeah, yeah, there's that interaction with the the land that gets enchanted with the old growth troll that I think tips it over the top, and that is situational, hundred percent situational. But no, no, that's that's really that's a, it, a excellent point, and yeah. I hadn't considered that. It's and a better that, beatdown that's, card that's than why florahedron. It's in you know, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But but like Old Growth Troll is also one of the best threats Yes, in, in the deck. Like a three mana, four, four recursive trampler mm-hmm. uh, that also ramps your mana mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when it dies is nothing to be What is going on with green, man? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, anyway. I, I, I hope does, white gets the same treatment in, in the coming years as green has had in, in recent years. So, yeah. Absolutely. So green, as evidenced by this deck, is, you know, it was the neglected, you know, uh, cousin of, of, of the other colors for a really long time. Like green was historically one of the 
you know, worst colors in magic. And, you know, you think historically white had, you know, like Armageddon and swords to plowshares and, and stuff like white's always been a bit meh, but it certainly um, hasn't been as bad as green. That's, you know, green has not only overtaken white, but it, it's, it's moving up into pole position in, in recent years. You know, it, it needed a little help from blue, uh, along the way to give it a step up, but now it's kind of left the nest, right? It, it's on its own. Yeah. It's the it's the best color in in modern magic. So, uh, and and that's what we're seeing now is a, is a combination of that. So we've got old growth troll, we've got sculptor of winter. Uh, your lands become five five elephants that attack <laughs> with true Kazandu mammoths, right? So it's uh, but what else is there? There's there's what's the signature of of every green deck in standard right now? What are the two cards they're playing that just you know, up the power level beyond anything we've really seen. I mean, it's just a Seeker's Chariot, Ren and Seven, right? Is is the the Wombo combo that we're seeing these days? That is some amazing synergy, by the way. I, I, I actually have you done it? Have you cast those? Have you played those two together and and made copies? No, nope, but oh. I've had it played against me. And <laughs> it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it is very, very. You it feel really smart. Fair. You yeah, feel you, really yeah, smart. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I guess you know. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play my busted mythic for four into my busted mythic at five. and. But I've ramped just, into it with my humble, humble over. common. That's Grizzly true. Grizzly bear, elf, sculptor of winter. So That, that is true. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, no one drops. So the best aggressive no. deck in the format, no one drops. And I, uh, I think I spoke about this when I was talking about playing Gruul uh, in, a, in a recent cast. Mm-hmm. I... I made an assumption at the start of this format that, you know, all of the, particularly Gruul, but, you know, the, the aggressive decks will want to have the Magda, um, Jasper Sentinel uh, synergy to, to ramp into, you know, Goldspan Dragon and that, or into a Seeker's Chariot, Renan 7. But mm-hmm. spending the card on the one drop just isn't worth it. You're better off playing your Mana Accelerator on two in your Florahedron or Sculptor of Winter. So um, I'm looking at Sam Party's deck. He's got four Sculptor, two Florahedron, so six two-mana mana accelerators. And it's a... And, you know, you can just play your uh, Kazandu Mammoth on the land side on, on turn two. And you're just... You're playing just higher in the curve going up to up to Ren and Seven. And it's a... It's, it's such a good deck. Like, look at all the things here that, that draw cards, right? Or, or effectively draw cards. Old Growth Troll, right, is a uh, a recursive threat. So that that kind of equals, you know, Old Growth tr- Troll is 1.2, 1.3 cards worth of value in any on average in any given game, right? Roughly? Mm-hmm. Sure. World Pack Leader just draws you cards. World Pack Leader draws bulk cards, right? Straight up mm-hmm. draws cards. Um, you've got... Primal Adversary, which turns your lands into threats, which is, like, not exactly drawing cards, but it's it's army in a can. It's it's efficiency. I, re- I really like that. Renin 7 creates multiple threats, draws extra lands. There's just it. nothing that does one thing. No, Ranger class. You know, it, it creates a threat. It's another two drop. It out. It means your threats scale, particularly in the creature mirror. The first person to you know, level of ranger class and start attacking with the biggest creatures is really well set. Uh, and then when the games go long, uh, which, you know, in five set standard, they tend to, then it, you know, you, you're just playing cards off the top of your deck and you, you're double, triple spelling, uh, which is going to win you a lot of games. So, yeah. And then I guess the, the thing that does one thing in, in this whole deck is Blizzard Brawl, but it does that thing so well. One mana indestructible uh, fight spell is is amazing. So, and like, have you ever double Blizzard Brawled? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. So it's like, yeah, kill your thing. I got indestructible. My you know my um, you know my four four growth trolls got five damage on it uh, because I've killed your um, Renan seven token. And then I'm going to then kill your, um, you know, whatever else you had uh, to 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 block. And then I'm going to bash down your end at seven. So, you know, I've three for two you, and I'm still left with 
you know, my giant old growth troll. And how can you come back from that? Right. It's such yeah. a, such a tempo thing. Um, and Blizzard Brawl is at its best when it's used aggressively like that, not so much as a controlling card. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's great. So it's, it's, I really, it's the most, it's the best removal spell that green has got and one of the best it's had. It's, what, yeah, I think it's a pretty good argument to say it's one of the best it's had in a very long time. Yeah. The sideboard's interesting. Um, yeah. Tavola's Huntsmaster is a card that jumps out at me here. Uh, seems pretty good in the mirror when the games are going to go long. And, you know, it's a six mana six six that creates extra bodies and then flips and, uh, you know, does, does some pretty good things. So um, another target wolf or werewolf you control fights another creature. And, you know, when you've got a bunch of, you know, big wolves and werewolves running around because of, you know, the uh, the wolves that it creates and pack leaders and, and such, primal advers- adversary, you know, it's, it seems pretty good. Um, there's a choice, I guess, between playing Vorinclex and playing the frog thing. And people seem to be opting for the frog. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. Right. Mm. I guess the fact that you've got graveyard interaction and there's so many flashback spells is probably the tipping point there. It's a mana cheaper, I guess, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't played. The trample is a big deal as well, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, it means that people can't just sit behind bird tokens while they're trying to set up the, the next extra turn. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I think true. that's probably yeah one of the, the main reasons there. But, yes, it coming down on, you know, Earlier turns as well is always a big deal. Like you said, playing ahead of the curve is always, you know, a really important thing to be able to do. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, the, the whole thing. Um, I don't know what I like. What, what Who do you think is going to win? Who, what do you think is going to be the winning strategy for this weekend? I don't think it's going to be the mono-white aggro deck as much as nope. I like all of the Skyclaves and Intrepid Adversary and Friends. I don't think it's going to be one of the Grixis players. I think their deck isn't quite there for this format. I think it's really going to depend on who who is matched up against who. But I would not be surprised if one of our mono green players went all the way. Uh, I think their deck is really well positioned. The they outscale the other creature decks. Uh, they have. You know, a solid game. I don't know if they're favoured, but they have a really solid game against the Epiphany decks. And I, I think the blue-red Epiphany decks will beat the Grixis Epiphany decks, which means that the green decks can then capitalise on that. And I, based on, you know, seeing the deck lists and such, and, and when I streamed this week, we just looked at the players and people were saying PV and, and such, and he's mono-green, so absolutely massive argument for that. But... Mm-hmm. I'll call it now. Go on record. I think, I hope, Sam Pardee is our 2021 world champion. He's playing the right yeah. deck. Okay. Um, he, he's been on the cusp for, for so, so long. I reckon it's it's, it's going to be Sam's weekend. All right. I, I can get behind that. So I, I guess one of the other things we haven't really talked about much. Oh, I should say what I think as well, I guess. So there's a, there's a thing you can do, Wizards, where you... You pick, you choose your champion, I think it's called, or mm-hmm. pick your player or, or whatever the, the term is that Wizards have got, where you you know, you know basically cast a vote for the player you think will win. And if they do, then you get like some sleeves and you get like a little world championship trophy as your, your arena avatar. I picked PV last year and got the avatar and stuff. Cause oh, you got the trophy little pet thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got yeah, the little nice. trophy pet. Um, I picked PV again this year. I don't know. I, I do just wonder whether I think I reckon it might be Andre Strasky. All right, um, I'm looking at the the people who are playing the Is It Epiphany deck, and I wonder whether Strasky might just I don't know something about that seems like he might be able to go all the way there. For me. I, there's nothing nothing that you've just said offends me <laughs> in any way. No, like, no. It, I mean, it, look, and you, you can't go wrong with picking any of these players, right? Like they're all no, they're excellent. All, they're and, all very very good. And they, you know, like I mean, the, the shuffle will get you. Some- <laughs> Let's not I'm even sorry. talk about that. I'm sorry, yeah, I had no. to say. Um, so, well- and, and limit is a really big component to this as well. And um, I don't know how well all these players do in a limited capacity. Some of them are known as being more constructed specialists, I guess you'd say. Uh, 
but certainly some of these guys have played. You know, like PV is an excellent, excellent drafter, for example. Okay, and, and look, they all have to be to be at this level. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. But that I when I picked my and it's taking nothing away from Sam Pardee, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, if if I have to pick someone and I've picked Sam, I will stick to that. I'm happy with that. I, sure. I, all the best to Sam. But thinking about it a little more in the context of of limited and also that there are, you know, 10 of 16 decks that are effectively hard control decks in is it and Grixis decks and limited is a significant say, component. I, I think I know who you're going to say now. There's, there's, there's a certain fellow who's probably going to be wearing a, a little yellow bucket hat that just might, you know, get there. Time out. Might time out. Yeah. <laughs> expect to see a lot of ropes uh, coming, coming across the screen uh, during the coverage, but things are not, not exactly poorly positioned for Gabriel Nassif, right? Like a very experienced, uh, like playing on the on a stage this big. Even though you might be, you know, in your pajama pants in your bedroom, actually playing this event, like there's so much at stake here. Mm-hmm. His experience is, and that's why you know when I streamed this week, I was saying you know maybe Matt Sperling's going to do well. This is before we saw deck lists, sure. Uh, uh, you know, drawing on on that experience. That I mean, you know, there's plenty of other players here that have won massive events and. Uh, you know this year um but yeah control mirrors limited and experience you know if if it's not sam pardee it would be a really good story to see gabe nasif get there as well so and you know add world champion to his already extensive resume so yeah mm, interesting. yeah no I, I can see that happening for sure yeah all right so we are running kind of long a couple more things to like us no, we've we've never rambled about magic before, mate. Only ninety eight episodes of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so oh, I don't know how much I like this conversation, but let's 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 like ask one it. one word one word answer. Like okay. let's 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 limit ourselves to that. Will Epiphany get banned? No, no. Okay, okay. we can move on. Right. Yeah, not not with another format four weeks away. Exactly right. Like it's just why would you? Yeah. All right, so on to more interesting things. We've got another one-day historic event coming up, mate. I love these. And I've, I've streamed, I think, the last two. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, super, super, super fun. Part of the uh, Magic Beans tournament series. And the more players we get to this free-to-enter event that has prizes, the more invitational points we give out. So there's a, a few people here that, uh, you know, he, when I say here in in the uh, in the running that are on the cusp, the this event may be the difference between what our top invitational table looks like or not. You know, so it's if there's some people here that have yeah, definitely just crushed the historic events and may make the invitational based on their uh, their performance in historic. There's a uh, you know some people that are looking to secure those couple of points just to lock themselves up. But most importantly, it's just a really diverse, fun Saturday where we're all just like chilling, playing magic and, and playing, you know, a fun format with, and doing some doing some shenanigans. So I really enjoy these events. So yeah, free to play, uh, free to enter. We'll have surprises. Prizes will be announced. Check out our Discord for that. But um, yeah, and then there's actually some stuff at stake as well. So yeah, you know- we'll have a link to that in the show notes as to how you can register for that event. Um, I when don't when have is the it? Prizes. It is October the 23rd, starting at 11 a.m. Melbourne time, because mm-hmm. that's where we are. A-E-D-E-S-T. Something like that. Whatever we are yeah. now, I still have no idea. Melbourne time. Daylight savings time. Get Melbourne your time. phone, go to the world clock bit, look at <laughs> Melbourne at when it's 11 o'clock on Saturday the 23rd. That's what Correct. it is. Yeah. Exactly right. And, uh, yeah, we'll be getting deck lists and we'll be doing some coverage. Uh, we'll ask for the deck lists to be submitted by the night before if we can. So that lets us, you know, on stream do a bit of analysis and, and stuff as well. You know, we try to, we don't just want to stream and play. We want to actually do some, you know, some magic stuff, um, which I think is going to be, uh, yeah, it's always really, really fun. So I'm assuming you're going to play some insect aberrations. Uh, yeah, that, that if I if I get to play, depending on what's going on, I will certainly be 
uh, sleeving up some some virtual Dover of Secrets because you can play like broken cards like Faithless Looting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, why did they I, ban I, Brainstorm? I, oh. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I would just, <laughs> I want to live the dream outside Absolutely. of Legacy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I that, that would definitely be my plan. Um, it, it's it's not going well for me in standard. I'm still having a lot of fun. I'm still taking a lot of game actions and like the games are, are interesting until they're not. <laughs> <laughs> is, is what I've found. Um, but I think in, in Historic, you've got a lot more tools, a lot more uh, access to to things that hopefully let you keep up. So, yeah, Absolutely. I definitely would be trying some Delver. What about yourself? Any thoughts uh, as to what you'd be jamming? The problem is there's a new standard set and I've spent a lot of wild cards on standard. Yeah, that's my problem as well. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be limited to that. I've, I've always got either like Gruul, Aggro, or the Mono Black slash Colorless deck. Um, to see what you know they look like, I'll need to do a bit of research, or to yeah have a look at what else I can kind of build a version of. So you know the beans aren't eligible for prizes here, so winning isn't you know as important. But it you know I don't, I don't want to play to lose either. So um, I've got those two decks which are fine as a um, mm-hmm. as an option, but yeah I would like to play something different. But I, I'm just going to be limited by yeah how many wild cards i might just have to spend some money on gems and start cracking packs and yeah that's that's always a thing otherwise hopefully we just get some people who can stream into our um discord and we can pick up matches and and cover some of those be fun yeah it always always so yeah absolutely perfect all right so last couple of housekeeping things we've got just a couple of weeks left in our league um so people need to get cracking with their matches, myself included. I know that there's a bunch firing tonight even, which is awesome. Love to see it. Uh, there are weekly prizes that we give out. There are packs that we send out to people who have, uh, you know, p- completed a bunch of the matches. And the Collector more you booster complete, packs every week, right? That's right. Uh, you gave some away last night, didn't you? Yeah. yeah not last night? Was it not, uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday yeah, night. Yeah. yeah. So every week we, uh, so we have four groups. And there's a $5 voucher from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar that we, we give away one to each group. And then we kind of combine everybody together and, you know, use Google's random number generator mm-hmm. and because random is a thing that's been solved. And we uh, we give away a collector booster. So that went out to, I'm trying to remember who was our winner um, last was it Corgor? Yeah, Corgor might have won it. Yeah, uh, from Group Chewy. So um, surely be posting that out. And every match that you play per week is an entry. So that's how it works. So play your matches regularly, then you get and, to uh, win boosters. Pl- pl- play your matches. We need to we need to make sure that we finish them all out. It is even if you are out of the running for the top four in your group, it's still important to play the matches out. There are tiebreakers that that count towards. Um, how the the top ending of the groups stack up and that can actually have flow on effects to envy points and things. So it is, it is really good, you know, to just kind of get those few matches out. If you're going to play on ladder anyway, then you might as well just tee up one of your league matches and with the beans and, you know, play with some of us, which is pretty cool. And, Um, and it is entries to win collector boosters. I'm just going to say collector booster people. I mean, how good is that? So for just yeah, for I've, playing I've magic, opened some. Yeah, they're pretty fun. Yeah, I've opened them up on stream to send to other people. I haven't opened up a lot of my own, unfortunately. Yeah, so yeah, need to fix that. Uh, Santa, I'll ask Santa for some collector boosters. Ask Santa. Okay. Mm, yeah. Good. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Careful, my kids listen to this podcast. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine. You yeah. know, you just you don't always get what you ask from Santa. That's that's not how it works. Yeah. If I get a bucket of coal. Instead of a collector's boosters, it's going to be a bit of a wake-up call, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that you've been that bad. <laughs> anyway. Depends who you are. So, right. last couple of things. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so. We've got a merch store. You can buy hoodies, mouse pads, mugs, all the, the like. Otherwise, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, as we keep talking about, you know, they, they do make a lot of this possible for us, including all of the prize support for everything we do. So, please go and check out their daily auctions. Uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, where Magic Beans cast everywhere, you can find us in all of those places. We'll have links in the show notes. Otherwise, if you would like to chat with me directly, Discord is honestly the best place to do it. But if you want to follow me on Twitter for some reason, I am at Joel Hill underscore and Chewy, you are at Chewy MTG. 
look forward to chatting about what we're seeing in worlds over the weekend with everyone and we'll catch you 